0: super talk mississippi media production
1: hello ladies and gentlemen this is jamie Creel with shelter insurance come see how we have built a name that you can trust
0: and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our switch and save located in ridgeland and florida mississippi give us a call 601-992-6000
2: this is rebecca turner and thank you for listening to the good things podcast here on super talk mississippi
0: super talk jackson 97.3 it's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi,
1: Mississippi, here I come.
0: You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to
1: Mississippi,
0: Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca.
2: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. And don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app, and of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us too. If you didn't know that, you can take your browser over to supertalktv.com on your computer or your mobile device. I thought we would kick off this hump day uh, with a little congratulations. I started adding some things up and going back through the Good Things Facebook group, and I was like, man, well, there's some Mississippians that just deserve a little t- congratulations for all the things they're either accomplishing or they've been recognized for. I think one we've covered and y'all we've got so many On these, uh, singing competition shows, it's hard for me to keep up. So if you know that one has advanced, if maybe I missed it, then, uh, forgive me. Let me know and we will, we will keep following them up as well. I shared earlier in the week, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday, Zachariah from Amory. He's moved on to the next round, uh, in American Idol. I do know that. I do know we have two other Mississippi contestants in, uh, American Idol, but I have not seen or maybe uh new of their uh next round um I guess how they've ended up. So if you know that, you can let us know. But over on the voice, we've got two Mississippians this year competing. You have Holly Brand, our former Miss Mississippi, and then Walker Wilson, and both of them are headed to the third round, which is considered the knockout rounds. Man, yeah, I need flashcards. There needs to be flowcharts and flashcards and all the things to sort of keep up. But it's good. I don't know. I would love to know comparative to other states. Like do a little data, like. How many per, per capita? I feel like Mississippi is well represented, or more represented, than, than other states when it comes to these shows. If not, in general, it's got to be at least this year because I feel like we've got more, or this year for this season, like the season of these two shows, to have what I think it's five total. I think maybe two or three on American Idol, and I don't know two, so it's at least four. Possibly five, I think, maybe. I know there's... Yeah, I think so. Uh, three on American Idol and two on The Voice. And so that's five of Mississippians out in Hollywood doing their thing. So we're trying to keep up. We're trying to keep up. But then over in Nashville for the CMT Awards, you may have saw, saw this as well, Hardy won a CMT Award Sunday night along with Laney Wilson, who is from Louisiana. So we're kind of like... I don't want to say kissing cousins because that's weird, but we're kind of, you know related we high five and hug for sure like louisiana we'll we'll call you part of the family a little bit distant family close enough for sure and they got collaborative video of the year for wait in the truck and i i i love the song it's moving but i can't listen to it all the time because it makes me incredibly sad and then i feel like there needs to be a podcast on the man who did the shooting to get him out i don't feel like he should be serving time for what he did and it's completely fictional or at least i need it to be it doesn't need to be a real story <laughs> it does um,
1: seem like country is the only genre that still tells not only stories but sad stories lyrically
2: right and i saw either the it was something on facebook or social media For either the poster for the song or maybe the CD cover for the single or maybe they still do videos. I don't know. But it's a it's a depiction of wait in the truck, which is obviously the older gentleman who picks up the young girl who's gone through unfortunate things. And she looks like she's I was like, man, y'all could have picked something a little more. It's triggering. It makes you feel bad. And then you want to go rescue him from jail because he doesn't belong there. And you're like, Rebecca, this is why you can't watch SVU and all these other shows because you take these fictional stories (laughs) fictional stories to heart but what's not fictional and the congratulations isn't over here today on good things is correct congratulations to chef nick wallace he's been a friend of good things um over the years he's a personal friend too he was named the 2023 mississippi small business person of the year man he really is got his hands in so many different uh projects locally and nationally um he's a culinary uh Expert, but he's also a philanthropist, and he was recognized at the National Small Business Week Awards ceremony in April in Washington, D.C. And he operates now out of the Nissan Cafe and the two museums, but he's also got a little, um, expert, expert, not expert, that he's an expert, excerpt. He's got a thing about him there at the Max Museum in Meridian for his culinary um, achievements and the fact that he's rooted right here uh, in Mississippi, and he always does so well as well. Now, from food to photos, Rory Dole, and if you haven't, heard his name, you have seen his work. He is a photographer out of Cleveland, Mississippi, and he goes around. He gets called all around to take photos of of different things from the New York Times, the Washington Post, all these cool uh, different publications. And he was honored to, with his. The first vote was a photo he took of Valerie Williams when she was in line at a polling place before sunrise for the 2022 midterms. And he submitted it to the Smithsonian Magazine's uh, photo contest and he won. And so he is a very talented uh, photographer. You can see a lot of his work um, all over the place. You've probably seen it and you didn't even recognize it. So kudos to him. And then the last congratulations, because I feel like we're winding it down. I feel like everybody, everybody gets you congratulations. You get congratulations. I'm telling y'all we got some folks doing some really cool things. It's to my cousin in Corinth who won a million dollars. No, I'm just kidding. My cousin. <laughs> I feel like we all feel like that we have a, co- a cousin in Corinth now. We need to check on and see how they're how they are doing. But you may have heard this story by now. But a million dollar winning Powerball ticket. Was purchased in Corinth. It was sold at Sprint Mark Number Twenty Seven. It had all five winning numbers, with a Powerball of one and a Power Play of two. Now here's the part where they just take that dagger, and they stick it in, and then they turn it. If the player had purchased the Power Play option for an additional dollar, they would have doubled their winnings to a total of two million dollars. But they still have to come and get the prize i don't know if it's been claimed yet or not uh as of whenever they did the drawing i guess it was monday or tuesday night um but still i mean a million dollars but then you think man just that's a little bit that's a little bit of a life regret that you live with right it's like if I would, just a, for a dot i could have taken one more dollar and made another million do- how much is the lottery ticket a does it vary is a dollar Okay. I,
1: and then you pay an extra dollar for the double. I, maybe it's
2: $2. See? I know you can buy... I don't know. See, I've never... I've never... I haven't played enough to have it And bought lottery tickets. My husband does that. And I know he will spend... I don't know. But it's more than a dollar. And I'm guessing you get multiple tickets. Oh, yeah. Right. So for a dollar more. Anyway, officials with the Mississippi Lottery add that 23 players were given extra winnings of $2,500 and at uh lottery claims center in march which each individual being randomly selected received the double luck prize money each day what they're trying to tell you is you gotta be in it to win it and you should play responsibly but really it just seems like folks all over the place are just winning money left and right here i feel like I
1: i could swallow that bitter pill of not having two million if the alternative is one million It it would be different if it was like, if you you spent this dollar, you could have made ten times as much. I get it. Two million is a lot more than one million. It's 100% more. But you still have a million. You can be greedy and want the two million, but you still got a million.
2: True. Right. You can't be upset. But I think it's almost, you know, when you go to check out. And then especially if they've got those things, would you like to round up to give to um, a charity of whatever and you feel really awkward passing it or not or whatever you get guilted into doing whatever it is that, that you may do? Um, it's like one of those things you walk away and you go, did I make the right decision? I don't know. It's a dollar. But then what's the chances if I win? Because I'm taking the chance. I'm giving you my dollar hoping that I might those numbers win. So why wouldn't you throw another dollar in there unless you – we don't know how many dollars – we don't know how many tickets they purchase. Right. I mean,
1: if you go in there with a 20 and say, give me 20 tickets, and they're all a dollar apiece, then you have 20 $20. chances to win.
2: Correct. And so – That
1: would cost you a whole extra 20 20, to get the power play.
2: As I'm talking myself through this, I'm like, okay, now I'm better understanding why someone might not want to just throw that extra dollar in it because then you start to run – well, do I do it for the first 10 and not the last 10 or just pick the lucky one? And then I really would have been mad if I would have just upped one of them and not all of them. And then whatever, it would have been. Anyway, as you mentioned, my cousin and Corinth walked away with a million dollars. And so I'm inviting you to the family reunion and we're having fish fry this year.
1: <laughs> You're in charge of ice. Yeah
2: you're in charge of the ice and our future family planning <laughs> financial planning <laughs> stick with us we got more for you coming up next
1: there's music and dancing and lovers romance in the salty evening air on some beach
0: somewhere Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's good things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk, Mississippi. Well you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the
1: man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yes, I am, yes, I am, yes, I am, I'm the man.
2: You can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Bubba from Meridian on the C Spire text line brings up a good point, talking about not paying that extra dollar to win two millions instead of one for the player in Corinth for the Mississippi Lottery. Hopefully you remember all the times you lost before playing the extra dollar as well. So... All this good information f- from those who may play the lottery more regularly than I do, I'm looking at it from for me that would probably been like one and done investment. And so if you've only ever bought a lottery ticket once, yes, I would expect to win the million dollars on my first sort of trip around the sun with that. I would be devastated if I wouldn't have, you know, went for the went for the extra dollar. For just in case, because I know I'm not coming back to this gas station and buying another one tomorrow or sort of next week. And but when you think of it, if you are a seasoned lottery player, then those extra dollars would add up oh, over yeah. and over and over and over again. Let's just hope that he recouped or they I don't know if it's a he. I just feel like it's a he. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> very. You know, I guess stereotype. I feel like it's men who go into gas stations and buy lottery tickets because that's what my husband does. I don't, but um, but they I know a lot tend of ladies to be do. Be the
1: ones I'm behind in line trying to get it done. <laughs> I don't
2: know where the ladies buy theirs, but you know, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, probably not politically correct. I don't know, but I feel like whoever won, hopefully they recouped their their investment in playing back uh, and then some for sure. You'd hate to know that you. You only won back what you'd ever played um, into into the lottery. We've well, only got a few more days. It's not a lottery. It's kind of a lottery, but you don't have to buy into it. You just have to register for it. The Morgan Wallen giveaway it is coming to a close
1: tomorrow. Will be the last day you can enter your name. Oh my name. god!
2: For a second there, I was like, it is not Friday tomorrow. <laughs> Don't do that to me, right? Okay. So tomorrow is the last day you can enter your name. Correct. So does the little Morgan Wall and Ticket Fairies go around and pick up all the little ticket registra- registrations? And then do we know it happens from there? A winner's uh, chosen? chosen?
1: Uh, a winner is chosen. I don't know if we've got the big bingo wheel back there to dump them all into or not. But uh, yeah, that'll be that's decided by somebody else.
2: Yes, I, I agree with that. But we'll, we'll let you know. But it does end tomorrow. So today and tomorrow, are your last days to get out and register to win your chance, to win your chance, to earn your chance to win tickets to Morgan Wallen. If you didn't hear, he's coming to Oxford and it's coming up fast. It's going to be here in just a few weekends. It's April the 23rd. It's the Sunday showing at uh, I made it sound like it was a movie. <laughs> Vault Hemingway uh, Stadium on Sunday, April the 23rd. If, for example, you can register to win tickets by going to southern business supply in meridian you got uh, seals tire and auto and gulfport you got hamilton nutrition and hamilton and many more uh, but you've also you can go to supertalk.fm slash morgan wallen you can read all the details you can find all the registration places there and the ticket giveaway is brought to you by first south farm credit king's daughter medical center jumpstart test prep and uh, toyota of brookhaven so two sweet seat tickets are still up for grabs
1: it's been a minute since I've been to a big-time concert, but it's funny that you you kind of slip up and, and think of a concert as like a movie showing or a viewing. Concerts have progressed to the point where there's not really a, a bad seat. Like, yeah, yeah, if you get in some venues and you're in the very back, it's going to be not as good. But with the size of the screens they put up on these stages mm-hmm. for these concerts nowadays... It's like you're sitting at home watching it on TV.
2: Totally agree. And unless you're just young with good knees, you probably don't want to be standing up at the lower section. So we love going to um, concerts that come to the Brandon Amphitheater in central Mississippi. But uh, in fairness, I mean, we're less than 10 miles away from it. So it's considered right there, you know, in our backyard. And legit, not an ad for them. But there's not a bad seat in the house. Like there's absolutely not. We've kind of sat everywhere now over over the different times we've been there for different things. And we recognized um, that at our age, for our level of enthusiasm for anybody, we prefer <laughs> to be up higher, and the, which is deemed the cheaper sort of seats. Because when you sit closer to the people with good knees at the very front, they stand a lot. And then they're in your like in front of you, and I certainly don't want to look the backside of anybody. I don't know for for several hours, particularly if they are highly libated and excited about whoever's singing. And so, I would
1: reserve judgment until I knew which backside it was. I can yeah, go I... ahead and
2: say there is no backside. I really want to pay money just. <laughs> 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 to sit behind and stare at and so we prefer we actually prefer uh the the ones uh higher up um and we were there i can't remember now who we were to see and they'll go around and if the little pit area isn't as filled as they would like they'll start to um hand out or upgrade your tickets for you and my daughter and i got caught getting popcorn and something and it must have been um Oh, I can't remember now. But which which um, which concert it was? I was like, "No, thank you. Too, too too old to stand. Too old to stand for." And I'm not too old to stand. I'm just too lazy for for that kind of excitement. I like to be able to sit.
1: I'm trying to remember what the is it Billy Joel that that doesn't sell any tickets to the front two or three rows of his shows. Instead, he he keeps those blocked off as reserved for him, and then. He sends those people out before the show to get people from the back row and brings them up to the front row because he knows they obviously are a fan if they were willing to come see him and sit on the back row. And then their enthusiasm during the show is going to be through the roof because they went from the back to the very front.
2: Absolutely. It would be. Yes. And I think it would depend on your level of excitement, how much you invested in the tickets. Do you have a babysitter that night? Is your child with you? All those things roll into whether you want to be in that excitement up front,
1: oh
0: yeah,
2: but really, you're right. There's really not a bad seat in the house nowadays, and you can definitely enjoy it um from from wherever you are. but yeah, you still all that to say, you got today and tomorrow if you want to see Morgan Wallen or get a chance to win the two sweet seat tickets, and I'm gonna guess that's a sweet seat. To watch uh, that particular uh, concert and be able to see.
1: That one, it's not so much about the seat, it's about the amenities available to you.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. Instead
1: of having to go wait in the line to get a hot dog or a cold one, you can just turn around and grab one.
2: There's a You don't have to wait to go during a good song so you can go to the bathroom quickly. You can just go whenever the spirit moves you. That's another bad thing about... It's like they need multiple, intermi- if I can vent, multiple intermissions during shows, <laughs> many ones, right? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad you have to go? Now is your time. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad, you know, and sort of let you go that way because everybody goes at the same time. It's, um, it's mind-boggling to me that people don't recognize, oh, everybody was going to come. During this time, like it's like it's 745 in the morning on the interstate. It's like you're shocked that there's a lot of people on the interstate. Like, <laughs> like you wanted to go to work now <laughs> when I wanted to be there at 8 o'clock. How, How dare, dare you? How dare you? How dare you do that? Okay, it's not really uh, winning anything or congratulations, but it it is a headline about a good tip that's um, got the Internet divided. Have you heard this about uh, the strangest thing? That a woman got tipped, and it's causing all the buzz. Have you heard this headline yet?
1: I don't think I have.
2: So Mr. Beast, do you know who that is on YouTube? Oh, yeah. He's like the fourth highest watched YouTuber or whatever. I'm really not even sure what he does. He does uh, shameless publicity grabs. He crafts. makes
1: YouTube videos and uh, sells chocolate bars at Walmart.
2: Yes. So he and he's
1: popular enough to get people to go to Walmart to clean up the shelf that his chocolate is on. For him.
2: Well, he was accompanied by a cameraman because I feel like he doesn't go anywhere with him without one. He asked a server about the biggest tip she had ever received. She replied, 50 bucks. Biggest mistake, number one. I had to up that. i been mean, like, <laughs> well, that was this is one time. <laughs> anyway, when she replied, 50 bucks, he handed her the keys to a black Toyota Corolla parked outside, which he billed as her brand new car. And so the Internet's going crazy over whether this was a good tip or not. Now, would you take a tip if it was a brand new car?
1: Knowing how Mr. Beast does things, I would have probably taken the monetary value that they put on the car because that's how he does it. He gives away stuff a lot of of times. Mm -hmm. And he understands that when you give somebody something like that, much like when Oprah did it for the entire audience, you got to pay taxes on it. So if you look at that car being given to you as a tax burden, they offer you the value of the car and money, that way you can pay taxes out of that. Well, the
2: internet's not divided over that. It's divided over the fact that he wrapped the car in his chocolate bar advertisements. It's
0: still a free car.
2: So that that's the thing. Would you take the car or not take the car?
1: I'd probably take the money anyways.
2: I don't know if the money's an option. I'll have to look into that. It's always an option with him. Oh, it's always an option. So you would take the money, not the car?
1: You it's see? not an option that he publicly portrays a whole lot of. So but let's in interviews take the money out
2: it. of it. Would you take the car if it was wrapped in his oh, heck yeah. advertisement? All right, we're going to fight about this a little bit more coming up next.
1: Baby if you want me, then all of this will go.
0: Upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm.
2: watch super talk on your computer your mobile device you can watch on Roku Amazon Fire TV devices even YouTube you can also watch good things on C Spire TV if you've got that you can find us on channel 70 right next to the weather Channel you can also catch good things in podcast form you can snag that wherever you listen to podcasts okay I hear what you're saying it's a car. So you might as well just take it if you're just tuning in. One of the famous YouTubers, Mr. Beast, his latest, I guess, gag for the Internet was tipping a waitress a brand new car. The Internet went crazy because it's wrapped in his chocolate advertisement. Well,
1: the Internet went crazy because he's got 120 some odd million subscribers. Right. So the, there's millions of people talking about him, good or bad. Correct. No matter what he does.
2: But this is the first time I've ever heard about him. Really? So, yes. I had no idea who Mr. Beast was.
1: He had a couple uh, other high-profile headlines in the last few months. Like, for example, one of his philanthropic organizations went to, I believe, Africa and performed cataract surgeries for people for free. That's pretty cool. And hey, I he, liked he it. And caught flack for it because he videoed it and put it on YouTube, and obviously he's making money off that video on YouTube. But
2: it's the out. money from the YouTube that's paying for the cataract surgery. Right. Yeah. Oh, you can't make anybody happy. No. But at least he's using his platform, not just to make money. At least his money-making scheme is also helping others, even if it's in his vanity. I can get behind that. Like, at least somebody.
1: He found a way to game the system. Because yeah. if you go back, he, he's he got his start on YouTube trying to do all the same normal things that everybody does on YouTube. And it wasn't until he spent the better part of two days counting from zero to 100,000 and videoed himself doing it had to speed it up in some parts to keep it under the 24-hour limit that was on YouTube at the time and people watched it and people it. watched it because it was novel or unique or something like that and because of that he built up a small nest egg of followers and revenue that he's then used over and over and over again making these videos having cuz all of his videos have a mixture of what makes videos go viral. I mean, you think about the virality of movements and memes and videos on Mm -hmm. the Internet. You think of Internet challenges. You go back to, like, the the ice bucket challenge or the cinnamon challenge or, for lack of a better example, Tide Pods and stuff like that that were Internet challenges. They go viral. Kids like talking about them. Kids like sharing them. So you've got that. Mm -hmm. You have reaction videos where someone is watching a show or a movie for the first time and you get to watch their reaction. You get to engage with them in that way. And you have celebrity or guest appearances. So you have big names that people already know and associate with fun or entertainment. Well, if you have an Internet challenge where you ha- you get all these Internet celebrities that people already know and associate themselves with to come take part in what was the Hunger Games movie from Korea where everybody was competing... He, he put that on as a big CGI event, got all these celebrities in, all the reacting to it, put a big cash prize on it. The cash prize is going to charity. You have all these factors that would normally make a video go viral, except it's all in one.
2: And he's doing well. Oh, yeah. But she the, the only other kicker to it is I don't think the waitress had a driver's license. But that wasn't on him. He didn't know that. Right. But that's not why. But So you would still, going back to would you or would you not take it, if you got tipped a brand new car, you would still take it even though it was wrapped in advertisement in which you at least don't oppose to in terms of a moral or personal reason.
1: Even if you did, just park it. And then if, if, if you have to sign a contract to accept the vehicle and the contract has some stipulation like you cannot paint the car in two years. All right, cool. I got a car. I'm going to go out and crank it up about once a month and after 2 years, I will have saved up enough money to paint it whatever I want or put whatever vinyl wrap on it I want.
2: Scott and So-So says it if wrapped, that's ultimately for him advertising, not a good tip, wouldn't take it. So that's where like, I mean, I think you're you're justified either way you go. It would be awkward, I think, as the waitress to be then be videoed and have to make this like life decision about a car or not, you know, and then I, I don't, I don't know if I want this. I don't know if I want your car. feels <laughs> very, I'd take the cash. Yes, but not necessarily the car. Another good headline, though. It's not good. I think it's worth conversating uh, in a restaurant, but this time it's in Japan. It's not a big tip. It's more of a new uh, rule or a stipulation for um, a ramen, say it ramen, Raymond, ramen, ramen, ramen shop, is banning customers from using smartphones while dining. <laughs> Somebody going try to try to pronounce the name of the ramen noodle eatery in Tokyo, but he wants customers to not use their cell phone to speed up seating times and to preserve the integrity of the dish. And he said that his ramen noodles are placed in front of his uh, customers and they're watching YouTube videos or they're on their phone and then I guess maybe it goes cold or it just doesn't taste as good and it's supposed to be, meant to be eaten and enjoyed I guess in a timely manner. So it's a new uh, policy. He first pitched the idea of a smartphone ban on Twitter and he got positive responses which led him to enacting the policy. He said he is not Posting any signs about the phone ban, but he started speaking to customers individually about keeping their phones put away during meal time. Would you, I think, I mean, again, if he's a store owner and he wants to make this rule or this, I guess, um, stipulation, you know, no shoes, no service. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, then it gets we're so ingrained in our phone life that if you had a phone call and had to take it, if it was emergency, all things. I mean, there's so many now like addendums to his potential rule. But if you don't like it, don't go, you know, don't go eat there would be sort of the way I would look at it. I think that would be a cool. I think that'd be a cool first date. I think that would be a cool or, you know, kind of like courtship place to go where it's, you know, I care enough about having dinner with you that let's go somewhere where this is just. Not an option.
1: For a little context on that, the vast majority of ramen places in Japan are smaller than you can even imagine. Like, think of the smallest eatery you've ever been in and cut that in half and then cut it in half again. And that little quarter you've got still probably bigger than whatever ramen shop he's running. Like, literally, you will have ramen shops that are just an alleyway's width. And that includes where they're cooking and where you're sitting. So you might have 10 seats in the entire place. So if you got people sitting there dawdling on their phone or like got to take pictures of it before we eat it, you're just killing any money he can make because he's only got 10 seats and you're taking up one of them.
2: That's fair. I think that's fair in that way. I would prefer like a clear sign on the door. Or a courtesy at the, at the, when you walk in of what, what your, um, expectations were as customers in that, in that, um, setting for me to make the decision of whether I want to choose to dine there or not. I would not like it if I'm sitting there and then I pick up my phone and then you come over like my mother and tell me to put my phone down. I think that would, <laughs> I'm not really sure I would appreciate that so much in my own personality. I'd be a little triggered by that. But I'm not mad at it. If you want I mean, you have smoke-free zones in restaurants. Well, now most restaurants are smoke most buildings are smoke-free anyway. And you got to go to the
1: casino. You got to go to, to the smoke casino. indoors. Right.
2: Uh and I you know, it's okay. Like you you make that choice if if you want to go or sort of not go. It depends on how hard like the band is. I appreciate though that leaning towards, hey, let's just make a conscious effort that we're just, you know, going to eat and not have phones i've heard of families or um, friends who have gatherings they'll you know ask for no phones or uh, especially with uh if you come over with teens like everybody put their phones um up like in a basket and let's eat and then you can get your phones on the way out i
1: mean there's there's always a way to gamify everything but the way you gamify that is you make a stack of phones in the center of the table and the first person to reach for their phone and grab it and look at it has to pick up the bill.
2: Oh. Yeah, nobody in my Rolodex is that important. I would not be. (laughs) Mama would not be buying dinner. There's no special ring home for Jesus or nothing like that on mine. So we can do this staring game for a long, long, long time. You do feel bad for that person who's like, ah, i got to pick it up or i got to do it. Maybe they were already planning on being the one who gifts everybody their meal
1: but i mean usually there are rules stipulated like if it's a group going out for drinks you you have to wait till after the second drink before you can check your phone or if you got a group of people that are eating out and they put their phones in the middle it it, it does you don't want it to make a, a game of death out of it you just you want you want it to be fun and, and engage yourselves in conversation with each other so usually the rule is if the phones are still there when the check comes, everybody pays for themselves.
2: Well, you didn't add that. That, but still, I wouldn't be me. I, there's no tone on that phone that would sound to make me willing to buy everybody's dinner just for the sake of picking up, uh, picking up my phone. I say that, and then I'd probably be the first to go down. I don't know. All right, stick with this. We got more for you coming up next.
0: I'm Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: But baby, you hardly even know when I try to show you. Song is meant to kill
2: To things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app And of course you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station And you can watch us too We are on computer and mobile device Just head on over to supertalktv.com Mike from Grand Bay said The sushi in Japan Is not the stuff <laughs> That they serve In the rest of the world Awesome in Japan Yes So I I poke uh, fun at a friend who considers himself a a sushi snob, and he makes fun It's tough
1: to be in these
0: parts.
2: Yes, because he travels a lot. I don't know if he's ever been to Japan, but he's at least a sushi connoisseur with the highest level in which our restaurants and chefs around can be and pokes fun when I will buy uh, sushi from, like, the local grocery depending on the different grocery stores. And I'll even take pictures of said, I was, I was, you know, cheaper sushi, the $5 specials and all the things. I don't want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus. But, um, and send it to him that I'm getting. And he just laughs. And so it comes down though to some folks will, some folks won't, some folks it matters, some folks it don't. Have you ever, I know you've never been to Japan, but I would say, where <laughs> I don't know that we've been talking about that a couple of times here. Best sushi you've ever eaten.
1: Because
2: hmm. I know you really like it. That would be on your, I'm assuming that would be on your bucket list.
1: I honestly don't remember the name of the casino, but it was a casino in Vicksburg that had amazing sushi on the buffet.
2: Like they just took time with it. Oh, yeah. Is it Fuji and Biloxi is the best sushi in Mississippi? As soon as you said that.
1: I've be. been to Fuji and Biloxi, but I'm always willing to try good sushi.
2: Well, it's Fuz- so Fuji and Biloxi then wouldn't be connected connected into one of the one of the casinos. But it's art, like oh, to yeah. me, part of it, like is the fact that it's like little round pieces of of art, the way that they sort of do it. And I know it's rolled and then it's sliced, so it's not individually necessarily all the it time. It depends. It depends.
1: You could do the nigri sushi, which nigri translates to finger. So you literally have a finger's worth of rice with usually a fresh fish on top. Is that no nobu
2: Nobu in Las Vegas best sushi in North America?
1: I have heard of Nobu. I'm pretty sure they they source a lot of their materials from the same sources that they do in Japan. So like they get fresh fish drop shipped from fish markets gotcha. in Japan to Las Vegas. On a daily basis.
2: That's got to come with price tag.
1: Oh, yeah. But then again, any anything like sushi or high-end ramen or anything exotic like that, if you get it at a high enough level, yeah, it's going to be pricey.
2: It's the time that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Was it you and I that watched a documentary on a sushi maker? I like had to be in Japan. That spent, like, made his people who apprentice under him the first couple of years
1: just learned the rice. I don't think it was us that watched it together, but I've definitely seen Not together, seen I meant... Jiro Dreams of Sushi?
2: Yes. Not like yeah, that
1: one came out in together. 2010, 2011 or something like that. He's still around, Jiro. But that, if you've never seen that, look up Jiro, J-I-R-O, Dreams of Sushi. It's an amazing documentary.
2: I mean, this man dedicated his entire life to, like, the rice, the process cook took no corners you have to wait years to get into his
1: restaurant oh yeah you have to have reservations let me tell
2: you you're not checking youtube when you're in his restaurant no it's a whole
1: but then again his his sushi restaurant was also the very first sushi restaurant in the world to be given three stars by the michelin guide
2: and it had what you said 10 seats
1: oh yeah it's got 10 seats right there on the counter and if I'm not mistaken, it's where President Obama and former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe ate when Obama was in Japan.
2: You don't get to choose what you get That like when you go places like that,
1: right? No, it's all seasonal. Whatever is the freshest possible ingredients he can find, he's going to use those. And it might seem a little weird considering how, like even family style, people will come sit it in front of you and everybody's grabbing from it. With Jiro... And with a lot of sushi places in Japan, some places around here, especially the higher end, you have a plate in front of you with your soy sauce dish or your ginger, and and then they just fix it and sit it right in front of you, and you're supposed to pick it right up and put it in your mouth.
2: No lollygagging, no or whatever. You just don't let it sit there. Don't let it sit there. Just go and sort of eat favorite sushi roll.
1: Sushi roll, or well, it's all the terminology. I mean, I like rolls. I like nigri better, but. Anything with eel. I really like eel and the eel sauce.
2: My mom went straight to the Little Mermaids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did. Under the sea. <laughs> you were? <laughs>
2: I am not cultured in in um in sushi, as you can tell with that. All right, stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. You got the Boys with Sports talk from three to six. Rhino and I meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.